Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. Today we are speaking with Danielle Gray. Danielle is the founder of Train Like a Gymnast and certified personal trainer, as well as formerly competitive junior Olympic gymnast. I love this conversation. We dove into so many incredible topics. Let me tell you a little bit about Danielle first. After graduating from the University of Southern California in public relations, she worked full-time at a digital marketing agency as a part-time gymnastics coach. Once she realized that she forgot she was getting paid for coaching, she turned down a promotion at her desk job and pursued personal training and fitness modeling. She founded her own company, Train Like a Gymnast, to show people how much more capable they are. Her training style is challenging, yet approachable, with a heavy focus on form, mindfulness, and intention. She is an iFit trainer, a ninja warrior, an aerialist, among so many other things. If you follow her on Instagram, you can see her adventures with acro, pole dance, travel, and walking her cat, Zara. This was such a powerful conversation, and it's just perfect that it's titled Your Story is Your Superpower, because in this conversation, we dove into the power of our stories, sharing authentically, and how we can continue to help others not feel alone in their struggles and their stories. Danielle vulnerably shares with us the concepts, the talks of mental health, what needs to be said, the support we need to be able to provide for others, suicide, asking for help, and how to support others, and how darkness and light can exist at the exact same time. And I loved this part of the conversation. It'll relate to her avocado tattoo. The process of making decisions to leave one job to pursue her passion of helping people train like a gymnast, to build her company, build her app, and where the vision of her company is going. And she dives into the pros and cons of a lifetime of a competitive gymnast and how that has challenged and prepared her for the work that she's doing today. I absolutely love this conversation and I'm so grateful that our paths connected and I love how she shares how your story is your superpower. You're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Danielle. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. <laughs> me too. So you're just, you were just sharing, just tell everybody where you are from. I'm from Manhattan Beach, California, which is just a little bit south of LAX. If you've ever been to the LA airport, it's right there. Oh, really? Yes. I have been there. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's a long, it was a long time ago, but I have been there. Um, <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram and I'm like, okay, this is really cool. I'm excited about this because I want, just start with telling people a little bit about you and what you do right now. And then we're going to dive back into your story. Okay. I love the about. 
Um, so I <laughs> Canadian American, I can't hear the boat, but yes, I hear it. <laughs> so I've been a gymnast since I was four and, um, I, I did it all throughout, you know, middle school. And then I, I retired in high school because I just wasn't in the right environment. Um, coaches, teammates, I kind of wish that I knew that I could switch gyms, but I didn't want to inconvenience my mom, all that fun stuff. And then, um, when I left the sport, I realized I had this kind of like identity crisis. I'm Danielle, the gymnast. What now am I, do I become Danielle, the actress, the dancer, whatever the stuff that I you know went into. Um, and I focused on, you know, college and, and acting in musical theater. And it didn't like fire me up in mm-hmm. the same way. And I felt as if, okay, somebody else, this is somebody else's passion. And for me, I'm doing it just because. So I realized that I missed gymnastics a lot. And so I got back involved in the gymnastics world by coaching, by judging, working for UCLA gymnastics. And I always kind of like would keep up my fitness by either going back into the gym and training or uh, just doing the strength and conditioning and stretching that I grew up with and that I know. So after college, I ended up in a normal desk job in online marketing. And I loved the people. I loved what I was, you know, what I was doing and who I was around kind of felt like 13th grade. And it was, it, it was just, it was stressing me out to the point where I would be crying in the bathrooms and I'd be like, why am I so stressed about getting this dentist on the first page of Google? And this is not the end of the world. <laughs> I, if, if they don't, I mean, I understand like it's their families and everything, but I kept forgetting to pick up my gym, my, my checks at the gym. Mm-hmm. And forgot that I was getting paid, you know, to personal train. And, and I was like, okay, that's probably my passion that I should follow. And when they offered me a promotion, I said, I don't want to like lead you on that. This is the direction I want to go. So I turned down the promotion, stayed at my current, you know, my account manager status. And then I left the job on a good note and everybody, you know, I still talk to those people. Uh, but they were like, it, it's so cool that you're following your passion. You're going for it. Cause I would rather jump into the unknown and fall flat on my face, then stay in that safety and have 20, 30 years down the line and be like, what if I had done that? How would my life be different now? And I think that is the piece that entrepreneurs have to have. Like you have to be willing to go. I can't fathom to be in that. But like, I have a friend who I always think back, we joke about this because she's like, I do not know how you handle the stress of being an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I do not know how you handle like your 40 hour cut cookie cut job. I just don't. And I don't judge it, but we just could, we just don't see both sides. So it's amazing how many entrepreneurs say like at the thought of staying in that space, that scarier. Exactly. And my mom is that like, she's like, I want to know where my paycheck is coming from. I want that stability and understandable. Like she was a mom. So you want to have that, you know, certain level, but there are some people who that's just, that's terrifying. Um, And it was also because I was slowly feeling myself expanding on my chair. I was getting like out of breath, going up the stairs to my desk. And I was like, but I'm working out so much. Why, why is this happening? I, I can't imagine just like compounding years and decades on top of this. And, and, and that frightened me because I've always been into movement and everything. So 
uh, yeah, then I dove into it and I had no strategy and I was like, am I going to be homeless? How do I get clients? I, what happens if somebody leaves? And I didn't have any kind of system. I ended up starting to work at Equinox to kind of learn, um, you know, paid education, yes. uh, to learn the process of, all right, how do you train? How do you become a better trainer? How do you run a gym? What are all the things that go into building a program and cleaning a facility if I ever were to open, you know, a brick and mortar? And that was great. I had great connections there. I got to tier three plus, which is just below the highest tier. Our gym didn't have the, the tier X, but, um, I still talk to those people like my coworkers and some clients even followed me like into my own train, like a gymnast business. And that's really where I thrive because I always train people like a gymnast even if we were doing like weights and, you know, body weight stuff, I would still stretch them out at the end. I would teach them how to, you know, stand on one leg with their eyes closed, like balance and everything like that. So the, the concept for training like a gymnast came through, all right, this is just naturally how I train people because that's my background. And now we have an app and people are learning how to, you know, get stronger and more flexible we've had people lose 20 pounds and keep it off. Um, it's, it's incredible. And it's because we're finding certain people who love this style of movement instead of, Oh, I don't like running outside. I don't like going to the gym and lifting weights, but this I love and I'll stay with it. Mm-hmm. And the holistic part of the, the physical training, but also the mindfulness, the intention setting, the goal setting, how mental gymnastics is, that's what really is like special to how I train. It's it's not just here's a workout, go do it. It's so much more than that. <laughs> I love that you thank you for sharing all that. Cause I was actually going to ask, yeah. and I think you said it in pieces, but I really want to like tie a little bow on that. What does it yeah. mean to train like a gymnast compared to regular training? Cause I've done the running, the yoga, the um, CrossFit. Now I'm very into fun, like just as functional as I can be. So I just mm. want, yeah, I'm curious. What does it mean to train like a gymnast? That's so funny because after we would do uh, like a 20 day challenge or a VIP program, I would have a testimonial video like on zoom and people would answer. And I asked them that question, what does it mean to train like a gymnast? So I have a whole video of different people's explanations. Some people said it was, um, you know, just using your body to do extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. Some people said it is working hard and being willing to, you know, do things that scare you. Some people said it is just commitment and consistency. Some people said it's, you know, the literal strength, flexibility, and all of that. I truly think it is, you're a human, you have a body and you can use it and you can use it for, to its full potential, right? You can, you can build strong muscles. You can um, have the body you want because it's the side effect of this kind of movement. Um, and it's, you know, natural looking, you have really good balance because you're having to do things either on a line or core is so strong that you're able to do other sports way easier because you have the gymnastics foundation. And that's what I think a lot of times people are intimidated when they hear train like a gymnast, they think, Oh, I have to do the splits and I need to flip and swing on the bars. And like, it's, it's not that sure. I can teach pretty much anyone a backflip in one day, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be that. I don't, I don't think people realize how much, um, how much training goes into becoming a higher level gymnast. When you get higher levels, you do a lot of, you do a lot of this routines, just hitting it, but 
in all of the developmental years, you're doing strength and conditioning and stretching and endurance. It's, it's everyone standing up in a line and then you're doing hollow body rocks. You're doing V-ups, you're doing, um, you know, squat jumps that that's training like a gymnast. And, and that's the level and the, the specialty that I get into. We've had people in their sixties do this. We've had, um, you know, uh, very overweight people do this. We've had people who have, have no gymnastics background. We have former collegiate gymnasts who got to higher levels than I did. Like it's very, very possible for anybody to train like a gymnast because everyone starts somewhere. And if we can teach a three-year-old how to do a forward roll, we can teach a 70 year old how to, you know, get upside down. It's, it's possible. I love all of that. So do you have a certain demographic that you work with or is it like all over there, all over the place? So our ideal clients or the ones that really, really are uh, specific to how we can help. Sure. We can help everybody, but it tends to fall between like 25 and 40. That age group is, is really maybe 50 because we have some, some mid forties who do really well, like Mm -hmm. moms who have just lost weight and they feel good. So I would say, yeah, 25 to to 50. And it's people who have kind of lost touch with what, what it feels like to be themselves again. Like they don't feel connected to their body or they're like, I just don't feel like myself. I feel tired now. I feel flexible. I used to be able to do this. I wish I still could Mm -hmm. those kinds of people that demographic and primarily female, we, we do have, you know, men, but they also kind of fall into that category as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So as you just, there's so many things that I can think of as you're talking about this. And I, I mean, I love it because I just, I took a look through and I'll make sure all your links are there, but I was looking at your Instagram and my very, the very first picture was on the pole. And I'm like, Oh my word. <laughs> what do you do? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, and I and I might even create a program within our train like a gymnast app that is like beginner pole too, because I'm I'm able to do that stuff because I can see I have my gymnastic, yeah, because yeah. I have my yeah. gymnastics background. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who were figure skaters, there were people who are, you know, who never did any kind of aerial stuff, but they're doing pole. And a lot of it, because I'm able to do tricks and inversions easier is because of all the strength and conditioning. So I also want to have this crossover with aerialists and that circus community. If you're wanting to get better on the pole, if you're wanting to be able to invert and do, you know, back hip circle on Lyra or have your nice, beautiful split line on silks, you can train like a gymnast as the cross training, you know, technique to then supplement your aerial training and get better there. So that's, that's kind of, I think everything that I do and and the way that I move is, it just all supports what I'm doing and how I teach people. So that is beautiful. So from the time that you left your stable job and went and worked at Equinox and then developed the app, what was that timeline like? So I left my online marketing job in July, 2016. So I'd been there for two years. Mm-hmm. And so two years after I graduated college, which very, very soon after, and a few months went by and that's when I was like, Oh, and I started at Equinox in September of 2016, end of September. So basically October. So a few months there, this is the part that I need to clarify for a lot of people. 
I didn't just quit. Mm -hmm. Like I had an overlap. So I was doing training and gymnastics coaching while I was uh, having my full-time job. And then I had enough saved for to at least last me for a year of living if I did not do anything. Okay. So I, I had kind of a little, mm-hmm. a little safety net there before I just dove in. And then even when I started at Equinox, it was tough because you start minimum wage and you're doing floor shifts. You don't have any clients. You have to get them yourselves yourself. And so it's, it's, it was hard. So I was like, okay, when's this going to happen? Cause I'm trying, <laughs> um, but it all worked out. You do eventually make it back. If you hustle, there are some people who it's not for them, but there are some people who thrive. So then I was at Equinox for about two and a half years. And during that time I had started training like a gymnast, which originally was like a three month ebook. That's what it was going to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. But then it turned into you know, um, and then on an app and having 20 day challenge and then an ongoing membership program and doing workshops and retreats and having merchandise and a kit. Like it's, it's so different now than when it was. And in March, 2019 is when I left Equinox because what I was making with T-Lag was, um, starting to, to be what I was making at Equinox every two weeks or something like that. So it, so it was, it was a natural transition. And I was like, okay, if I put my full focus on this and not split it, then I can grow it even more. So every time I make that kind of shift or I want to rebrand, pivot, redirect, I have a basic plan and a little bit of safety and security so I can feel like I'm coming from a place of abundance and not like I have to do this or otherwise I don't eat because that is very tangible in conversations. You can feel those people who are like trying to sell you stuff. But if you're coming from a place of, okay, I'm good. I'm doing this because I chose to, and I like it and I want to help people or make an impact or whatever. That's a big, that's a big, big difference. I love that you said that. And that is so true. You can tell, you can tell who is out there selling and selling. There's also this, this nature. I see it so much, especially in online business right now of like pushing and pain points and like hitting home. And I'm like, you see, I have, I have really believed for the longest time that show people what is possible, show what they can create, show what they can do. And the right people are the right people. I have actually, no, in the very beginning stages, even building this business, there were a couple of times that I, I know I took on clients that were not a good fit. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah. Oh my goodness, this is actually uh-huh. not a win-win for either one of us. Right. It's not, Yeah, right. they're not going to have right. a great experience. I'm not the person for them and that's okay. Exactly. Cause we actually can't be for everyone. Right. And, yeah. and it's not entirely of the attract and repel, mm-hmm. but it's the almost just like receiving and accepting. So if someone really wants to work with you, obviously if they keep following up or they keep pushing back, like, okay, this is somebody who's really serious about it. That's a good fit for you. But if someone's like, yeah, I want to get in shape or I want to do this or, but they never follow up with you or you have to keep pestering them. I mean, honestly, I've had, I had clients in the past where we were only charging like $25 a week. It was like a very, um, I don't know. It was a group program, but it was, it was kind of pricey. If you think about that, some people were a hundred to $200 a month. But for what I was giving them, that was very not a lot. (laughs) And the fact that I had to basically become a debt collector and go chasing after $25, I was like, this 
this is not a good fit for you right now. You need, you need to have $25 in your bank account before you think about (laughs) doing anything else. So there are people, you know, that's like not, not our people and that's fine because I've been through that and I learned that way. You know, I can tell people, but sometimes you're, and this is kind of a theme that's going on in my life right now. It's like, you can't teach people everything. Like I can say, yeah, don't go after people who need to survive first. Maybe you just have to and experience it for yourself because it happened to me and I really wanted it. I wanted it to work, but if you're just like smushing that puzzle piece to make the puzzle fit, getting it wet to kind of mold it, it's going to be ugly. (laughs) Uh, What a great, honestly, what a great and wise explanation, because that is something that I've seen a lot of people, like a lot of people do. And I I do see a shift though. I do see, especially online coaching. I really do see a shift. There are a number of coaches that it's like, they've openly said, I used to teach about sales objections all the time. And I don't now, because if you're not the right person, I still love you. And it's all good. It's all good. Right. And I love right. that mentality as opposed to this pushing. So I appreciate you talking about that. Now, as we, as you dove in, then you created an app. What was that like? What was that experience like? So this is our newest. So it's still mm-hmm. in the, like a it's got phases. So in 2018, we used a different platform that was still an app, but you know, over time it started to feel a little archaic and not user-friendly and it was kind of ugly. And then I was like, okay, we're done with that. We're going to bring it to our website. So people just go to our website and it's good and they can watch any video. Mm-hmm. Nobody went to the website because they had to remember to go to the website and then go log in and find, it was just chaos. So we're letting that expire. And now we're using Um, a platform that is really incredible. It is beautiful, super user-friendly. And I wanted to to make something that I would use myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of market research that goes into this too. I was asking, you know, how do you want workouts organized? What do you want to see in there? Um, I didn't get to choose the pricing tiers. That's kind of the the platform itself. But anybody who signs up through trainlikeagymnastapp.com becomes our subscribers. So when you log into the app, you see all of our workouts, all of our meditations, you know, access to the Facebook group and music playlists and our equipment, as well as like intro videos and stuff. But when you go into the discover tab, you get access to every other trainer and all of their workouts who is on that platform for the same amount. So it's an incredible business model. And I'm super excited um, that we finally found something like, this is what I've been looking for for a very long time, but I didn't yeah. exist or I didn't know about it. Um, so this process has been fairly easy for me because I have five years of <laughs> mistakes, um, and experience and videos and workouts and logos and, um, programs to just repurpose, just upload. I'm not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. I'm putting it all in one place, but it's going to continually be updated because it's super easy for me to film, boom, upload it and send push notifications and reminders. It's, it's very Instagram like, and they based it off of that. So it's got little like highlight sections up top, which are all your programs and categories. And then I can post a story and be like, Hey, did you work out today? Um, when I upload something new, uh, like a workout, I can send a push notification that says, Hey, this just dropped head into your app and, and do it today, five minutes or whatever. So it's, it's incredible. I'm very excited for this. This is 
the best way for me to reach more and more people. It's the lowest price we've ever had for any membership. It's a dollar for the first month (laughs) trial. And then it's $14.99 after that or $99.99 for the year. That's not bad at all. For no. no, I've seen no because I've seen lots of different ones that um yeah, all over the place. And that's not bad at all. That's right. awesome. That's awesome. Very Plus, you've got excited. that whole database you're building and building as you do. Yep. I love that. I yep. absolutely love that. So, where do you see it going past here? Like, how what's your big vision or bigger vision than what you have now? Yeah. So my goal mm-hmm. is to have at least a thousand people in this app someday, at least, right? That would be incredible worldwide because you know it's available in any any country. You just have it on your phone on your app. Do we do? And all of those people ideally will be doing it, having results, being able to do different things and new stuff, and their friends learn about it, and then it continually grows organically. Mm-hmm. From there, those people might be like, okay, now I want to learn about handspring or back tuck but please don't do it on your own at home. Um, Come to one of our events, whether it's me leading it at a retreat, or if we're able to hire different coaches to travel and rent out gyms and do, you know, one day workshops with people in different areas. That's Mm -hmm. always been the goal, but COVID kind of put a, yeah, yeah, suffocated it. Um, And um, yeah, so the retreats and the workshops are really great ways to get hands-on attention and help um, to implement all of the strength and conditioning stuff you've been doing, but put it into a skill. Also, aside from those, those like specific events, I would love to be able to go to colleges and work with sororities and do, you know, live workouts for them. Um, and maybe have like raffles and stuff or rent out a stadium or a multi-purpose room where, you know, hundreds of people come in with just a yoga mat and -hmm. I can show you how to train like a gymnast with just a yoga mat and get a great workout. And then we do a nice meditation and like mindfulness work and a cool down. And so you're stretching afterwards, you're leaving feeling super centered. So the holistic experience in those ways, I would love to create kind of like a, um, like a sweat with Kayla mm-hmm. or like a Tony Robbins, unleash the power within, but those big groups and creating almost like a CrossFit Pilates bar movement worldwide. Mm, that is awesome. Look at that. I love when I figured you'd have an answer is yeah. you're just by your own vision. Right. And right. that's great. Like you, and we all know that can change and morph and do all yes. of the different things as your business continues to grow, but it's awesome that you have this big vision that's there because it continues to pull you. And then all of a sudden another idea comes in and we look at it and sometimes it's not, not now it's just being like this one's later and how that looks. Right. So I love all of those pieces of it. Um, I just, I want, I, there's so many other things I want to ask you, but as I think about it, (laughs) you spent so many years training as a gymnast. How did that prep you for the work that you do today? Not just physical work. I'm just curious. How did it prep you for what you do today? Yeah, this I've been, I've been talking about it recently and it's, it's, it has its pros and it also has its cons. So anybody who was a gymnast, a dancer, a cheerleader, you understand uh, perfectionism <laughs> quite well. Uh, and it really can help you with your career, with your education, having time management and making sure you're, you're you know, 
taking pride in your work. You have integrity. You're giving it your best um, and you're showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're typically able to be a good public speaker or you can be persuasive because you know how to present yourself. You know how to perform. Mm-hmm. So that really, really, that element helps. I remember in eighth grade, my history teacher was like, okay, everybody, can we see from the side how straight she is sitting up, you know? And I was just sitting in a chair, but it was just like the posture was there. Said, this is how I want you to give, you know, presentations. And I was like, <laughs> so that stuck with me, right? So it's really, it's a really good foundation for time management, uh, you know, having integrity and um, being precise with it. and and something today that I just made the connection right in this very moment with iFit when I, when I'm in Utah and I'm teaching live treadmill classes, I have to go and get mic'd up before I go on set. And they like trainers out there like 15, 20 minutes before we go live, just in case anything goes wrong or we need to switch things out. And I'm pretty often out there 20 minutes uh, before a lot of trainers are five to 10 minutes before we go live. And I just know that that stresses out the crew and I don't want to be responsible for making their day stressful. And I was telling one of the uh, engineers like early is on time, on time is late, late is unacceptable. So uh, that's something that I'm not entirely sure if that came from gymnastics, but that's something that's just been ingrained in me. Um, Can you say it one more time? Can you say it one more time? Early is on time, Mm -hmm. on time is late and late is unacceptable. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> so it's a really, it's a really good one to kind of, you know, live, live your life by. And, you know, that goes for meetings that goes for events. Like if you show up early, you never know, you could meet somebody who could change your life while you're waiting versus showing up and running in and doing that and leaving. So try that for a little bit and see what, what <laughs> changes. Uh, but of course the cons from it are, you know, analysis or paralysis by analysis, because you're, so focused on perfectionism. And even with my major at USC, it was public relations and that's a journalism degree. So if, if you had one grammatical mistake or a spelling error, your entire grade was dropped a letter grade. So talk about the kind of like paranoia, anxiety, perfectionism, then you're like, is this good enough? I can't, I can't know what if it's, what if it's wrong? What if it's not? Um, so it can stop you from taking action. So it's, you need to become a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> uh, and there's one specific memory that I have um, from a, a fitness influencer in 2016, who I know she was making like 60 grand a month because she had programs that like thousands and thousands of people were doing. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at her stuff and I was like, there, this is littered with mistakes how is she, how is she making all, all of this? And how is she successful when I would think, oh, she made a mistake. I can't take her seriously. Cause that's what was ingrained in my head. Right. But she was doing it. She had a version one, she was taking action. She was getting results, which is what people care about. Not, oh, she spelled muscles wrong. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not what matters um, in the world. So getting out there and having a version one can help you have a version five. And you can't have a version five without that version one. You can't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 18. There are so many different ways to think about just showing up and putting something out there. And, and I had to do it. And I've found mistakes in things that I've done. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I, now I 
correct it <laughs> and I make a difference. Even our workout kit, it had a jump rope in the first version of it. And I was like, yeah, gymnast jump rope kind of, but like, that was just our warm up. That was it. Maybe I should replace the jump rope once they all sold out with something else. And now it's uh, long bands, which we use so much more. You got to learn just through experience, through trial and error and having your version one. I that's gold. Seriously, no, thank you for sharing that. And as a anybody who's listened to this show has heard me say this before, but I am I'm a recovering perfectionist. That's what I was right. for, for so long. And I was so proud of that, to be honest. Like I was like, I could do I could do the work and turn it in and get the A or get this. My it would take me like twice, three times as long as someone else because I didn't want to have a mistake. And I'm then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh my God, this is exhausting. Like this is just exhausting and it's not attainable. And now I'm literally about messy action. And I joke that if you find a spelling mistake in my, in my copy, it's on brand. Cause I'm good with it. Like yeah. I'm good. I'm so good with yeah. it. And I just own yeah. it. Right. Just mm-hmm. own it. And I, I love that. And that's all part of the journey as we continue to grow because there are skills that we learn from being that discipline, but then we also have to recognize that if we stay on this course only, we're never going to, we're never ready right. to start because we're always waiting. Right. Right. The ready is a lie. I had a, I had a teacher who, um, if we could spot a spelling mistake or something on the whiteboard, like we would get an extra credit point or something. And I was that person. It took so long. I don't, I can't tell you how many times I missed and made my teacher like eat at their desk because I was taking a test that went into, you know, lunch time. And I was the last one in the classroom, but I just like, I had to keep checking it. I, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is wrong. I don't know the answer. How can I like, re- like get the answer? Um, and I don't even know what I got on those tests. I don't, I don't care. This is what I try to tell a lot of my clients who are students um, or nursing students or are still in college or whatever. I, when I ask people, do you remember what grade you got in this class or what your GPA was this semester of, no, No. nobody knows, nobody cares. Yes. They want to see that you were like, you kind of had it together so you, you can be reliable, but the number, the exact grade does not, I took finals with pneumonia into 10th grade and I have no idea. I have no idea. It's just a blur of whatever that was. Right. Mm -hmm but I graduated from USC somehow, even by getting D's on finals. Yeah. So it's right. (laughs) You'll be okay. Oh, (laughs) I got to sell yourself. You do, right? You have to know, and you have, you can hear it in your voice, how much conviction you have in what you're doing and how, and I, I absolutely love that. I love how you've gone through those steps and really use that to build what you're doing here. Now, yeah. how, cause you sound, and I'm just as an observation, super confident in what you do and I love it. Yeah. But have you had times of fear and doubt and uncertainty and, or have you been the person that's just like, Nope, I know where I'm going and either is good. I'm just curious. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> honesty, I can see it. Yeah. hundred percent. This tattoo that I just recently got it's an avocado. I see that. Um, yeah. And wow, I need to uh, moisturize it. Um, so <laughs> I, I have struggled with mental health um, issues pretty mm-hmm. much since I was 11. So I first was suicidal when I was in middle school um, and I began self-harming. And uh, I, I don't know if I learned it from MySpace or the internet or whatever, but I, I 
kind of thought like, oh, this pain will be a distraction from other pain. Um, I tried to like hold my breath till I passed out. There are so many different things that, um, that I did that came in waves. Like, you know, you have your good times and then you have your really, you know, crap times. And I would keep trying to, I guess, get quote unquote clean from self-harm. Um, and I ended up in 2015, 16, around that, that time where I started TWAG, um, I went into a really bad place and I ended up on medication and my doctor diagnosed me with severe depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not like how it made me feel. I was like, I feel nothing, but I'm also scared to drive. And I would rather feel the highs and lows versus nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't have bipolar depression. It's kind of like neutral or bad. <laughs> um, and then this year after, you know, getting I fit making as you know, the most I've ever made and working a lot and my business taking off and hosting retreats, all of that, like a week after, uh, hosting the most recent retreat, I went into the deepest depression. I have, you know, I self-harmed again. I was sitting on the floor, staring at like nothing for days, crying with no, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm crying. I don't, want to reach out to anybody because I don't want anybody here, but I want somebody here. Those kinds of like, (laughs) I want company, but I don't because they're not going to understand or I don't want to talk. And yeah, just being in bed for days, crying, looking out the window, watching life go by. And on September 1st, I texted my mom and I was like, can you come over and make sure I don't kill myself? Because I had a plan. I was going to, I was going to just stop eating. It only takes about 10 days. Right. So like, okay, I can do that even though I love food. But, um, I was, I was like, okay, this is it. And the crappy thing is trying not to curse here. The oh, you thing can is, actually on the show. You can. Okay. All yeah. right. So the shitty thing is, uh, I, I've lost two friends in the past year to suicide oh, and the, so the two days before January 1st was my closer friend's birthday. And he committed suicide on his birthday. Um, two days after that, I started IFIT. <laughs> so I, um, during Christmas time, he went missing and we were all trying to find him. And I was, I was up in Santa Cruz and I was not able to, you know, be down here. And I was just helping his mom. Cause I've, I've taken photos of his family and I went to high school with them and it was just, they ended up finding him and I ended up making a GoFundMe for his family. And it was crazy because he did it. He actually did it. And I feel like I wish I could have talked to him, you know, and make him feel that he's not alone so that, yes, other people understand this. Mm-hmm. Sure. When you're in that moment, you, you feel like nobody understands. Nobody may get your specific situation because you're the only person who's lived your life on earth. Mm-hmm. Not even your, you know, parents or siblings would get it. But that feeling of feeling alone is not unique to you. So because I've lost those two and others, but those two in this past year, that kind of kept me. And I was really working on just, okay, how do I get out of this? Like I, I saw, you know, his, his lifeless body before I went to, you know, an IFIT class, I got on a flight that day. And it was so surreal because I've never seen, I've never seen a dead body before, but I did. And he looked different than I remember, but it was just weird. Cause like, I'm a very intuitive 
person. And I have a little bit, not like psychic abilities, but a little bit of like kind of medium. I'll get messages and kind of knowing things. And I felt him. He was, he was there. And um, as we were kind of walking away from the, the casket and everything, his mom tripped. And I heard him say, you would, mom. And like, <laughs> so I told her that. And she was like, yeah, he would definitely say that. Um, and it was just, it's just so weird uh, to think about really making that permanent decision mm-hmm. for a temporary feeling. Yes, you feel like the feelings will never go away. Just because you have a, ba- a bad day or a few, a few bad weeks doesn't mean you have a bad life. So as I was starting to shift out of it, my mom came and you know, monitored me the whole day. She reached out to, you know, um, some of my acro training buddies and got me to go do stuff afterwards. She wanted me to get on the pole. My dad came for a few hours. Um, I, I really tried to like shift out of it. So I, I started listening to this playlist on insight timer. That's shifting out of depression. I love insight timer. I, yeah. And I, it's, I think her name is Carrie Sewell. And I found one of the girls who her, her meditations were helping me so much found her on Instagram message her and I said you're literally saving my life right now and I started to kind of I'm a terrible artist but I started to draw my emotions and like feeling what what depression felt like and it's interesting when I shared it one of the background athletes at IFIT um I think he's he's younger he's probably like 20 or something uh once he saw it he was like oh my gosh I I went immediately to my notebook because I drew almost the exact same thing of how depression feels it's like this big looming monster, like mm-hmm. kind of towering over you while you see other people happy in the distance and that kind of thing. And part of what I think Carrie said was you're human. It's okay to feel these feelings. Um, and what you need to do is hold your darkness and your light with, with love and acceptance versus letting the darkness consume the light. And so it turns into kind of looking like an avocado holding the darkness. In the oh my gosh. Oh, I wish I, I definitely need a picture of this and we will definitely do when we're done because that yeah. the story that just went with that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is like, oh, yeah. it's so powerful. And I, this is why I am so passionate about what we talk about on the show, because you can like both can exist at the same time. One doesn't yes. have to swallow the other, even though I know it feels like that at times. Yeah. And I just want to commend you for asking for help. I have, we've been in this yeah. position. We've been in this position, um, firsthand family. And, mm-hmm. um, we like in this case, um, I know my son has reached out to me before and said, mom, I'm not good right now. Can I just, and I'm like, okay, that's okay. What can we do? What can we do? And honoring the crap out of, thank you for saying that. Like, thank you for saying yeah. that. Because I think right. that there's, I know I've, I'm not saying I do it right. Cause I, I, there, <laughs> there's no playbook for how to handle this as a parent. And that's as a parent is really right. a challenge, but as a parent, you want to jump in sometimes and just fix it. You want to fix it. Yes. It's what we, I mean, it seems so silly, but it is what we do inherently. And mm-hmm. I have learned so much more about trying to just hold space for it as opposed to fixing it. And, right. and that is, so I really, really commend you for sharing that. I'm so sorry about your yeah. friends. What an experience that is just, yeah. yeah. It, but it's, I did just, weird. 
Yeah. I, I heard recently, um, I don't know the number and it doesn't matter, but they said in this last like 20 months that suicide yep. has actually surpassed car accidents as the number one cause yep. of death. And yes. it's like, let that sink in because that mm-hmm. is, that is, um, a tremendous increase in number. Yeah. We're, we're social creatures. We, we need human connection and, and, you know, not to get political, but governments need to look at, okay, how is this affecting a different type of health? Right. Yes. You are, you're protecting us from, from this it's physical okay to health it. issue. Right. But what, at what cost, right. At how many other lives? So it's, it's very interesting concept. And the thing that I find that helps a lot. And if parents are like, how do I, well, Tamara, Carrie's mom, the one who passed on his birthday, um, she, her message to parents is get in your kid's business, like mm-hmm. get in their business. Cause she had no idea. Right. And I mean, there are parents, yes, who know and have, you know, a, an idea, but get in their business, know what they're seeing, know what they're feeling without judgment. Maybe the question to ask is how, how can I support you? It, that I was, that is such a great question because again, going back to fixing, when mm-hmm. we get it, fixing we're also judging we might not mean mm-hmm. to but that is what right. happens um right. i grew up in a generation where it's like literally suck it up and move on like just yeah. move on like come on yeah you can figure this out and it's like okay so we were taught not to feel like we were literally right. to push through and not feel and right. that is rewiring that i've worked through many many times yeah. but i love mm-hmm. that is just i love that what you're saying there is really get in their business and hold yeah. space, don't judge. And I just think that that is a beautiful mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, that's why I chose certain friends to come stay with me versus other ones. Cause I knew if, if one friend came, it would be like, Oh, well think about this. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's not that you just literally need someone to, to just sit there. Mm-hmm. And I think with mental health, it's also, well, all things, but with mental health, we're in this space that so many people feel like they're alone, right? Like when, yes. when it comes, we yes. feel like we're alone, we're the only ones that struggle or yeah. we're the only ones who are in that space. And again, normalizing all of these conversations is so important. And I'm so like, I, I just, I wish I could give you a hug. I can't. I'm so proud of, no, I am so proud of you speaking and sharing so openly. Can I ask you how old you are? I'm 29. 29. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, mm-hmm. for, because that's courageous and that will impact someone who is listening. It really, really will. Yeah. Plus there's also this, and I don't know if you feel this or if you have felt this before, but there's also this stigma of, but I'm trying to build this business and this brand and it needs to be professional and blah, blah, blah. All these, like, I think that's garbage myself, but because you are the brand (laughs) and I I think that it's more important that you share that authentic side, because that's obviously part of the fuel of why you're creating what you're doing. Right. Right. It's, there's so much imposter syndrome feeling there, you know, it's like, I just led this retreat and help people through their own trauma. I'm talking about relationships and stuff while I'm over here fighting and I'm over here struggling with my own mental health. How am I, how am I helping them? But I'm helping them because I understand them. Yes. Right. And I'm leading them through places that I've, I've been before. And it's not like, you know, if you go to a trainer and you're like, Hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. The trainer says, yeah, me too probably not, not like the right one for you. 
Um, but you, you need to be steps ahead of people you were leading. And so that's how I know if I can help someone or not. Um, they have a, a complex thing or if they're trying to work on a skill that I myself don't understand, I'm not, I'm not the right person for you. You know, um, there's a specific group that I can really help. I'm more of the beginner intermediate help versus the advanced. But if there's an advanced, somebody who wants to work on something, I know who I can refer you to. I have a network. I have refer, you know, a referral network of people for anything. And this is part of like when I business mentor people and maybe somebody wants to raise their prices and they're like, I don't want to because blah, blah, blah. If you don't raise your prices for something after you've been in business for five years, you're stealing from the newbies who are coming in. Mm. Maybe they can have lower prices and you can refer the business to them if somebody wants to stay with them and then you can level up. But by you not growing with your experience, you're ultimately kind of affecting the, the hierarchy and the tiers of the beginners and the experience. So. I love that you went there because there's also that piece of it that 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 worth and how we are, you know, valuing ourselves and what we're doing to continue to grow that impacts and ripples into every single aspect of our life and business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every single and we don't have to be for everyone. You are not like this right. is such a I always say that if you spend your time and energy trying to talk to everyone, you literally talk to no one. Like no right. one, you're white noise. Like you're just white. Yeah. Noise. It's not like, hey guys, go and check this. It's like, hey, you, I know you're feeling this today. And like, it's still a you, but there are certain people who will vibe with that message. It's like, speak to one person. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good. Honestly, thank you for sharing all of that. That is just, that is really, really powerful. And I know it's going to impact so many people. Um, Oh my gosh. So my brain just kind of went to like 10 different directions because I just, no, I do this. <laughs> no, I love it. No, you have no idea. Like we just met that you have no idea how much right. I absolutely love that because I think that that's why I started the show, to be honest. Yeah. Right. Nobody was talking about difficult things. We were dealing with teen substance abuse. Not a soul was talking about things five years ago, nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. I do not know where to go. And I'm tired of feeling like I'm alone. And mm-hmm. when we get to this space, everybody that comes on here and shares some kind of vulnerable story, they literally yeah. use the same words. I thought I was right. alone. I thought I was just me and I couldn't talk about these things. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you're that I learned that actually through um, I don't know if it was at Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within or if it was through the Netflix I'm not your guru, but it was through Tony Robbins. And he was explaining that the thoughts that you have are not your thoughts. They're the thoughts of the mind, mm-hmm. the human mind. So when you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm ugly or I need to lose this weight here. It's not you need to lose the weight, the mind or somebody else. You have like taken that thought and made it your own. And you're like, this is my thought. Like I, I own this. No, you don't. You heard it. You didn't create that. It's, it's the human mind. It's, it's yeah. Physiological. It's. Um, it helps you de- not detach emotionally, but it helps you not judge yourself. It helps you step back into alignment um, when you realize that. And I thank you for sharing that because I've seen him twice. I've not gone to unleash the power within, but I've seen him twice. And mm. I love the documentary. And for me, like years ago, when I was just starting this journey, 
I didn't know where to go to create change in my own mindset. And I lived with YouTube videos and they were Tony Robbins. It was just like, how do I change Mm. my state? How do I change my state? And it's not that my problems were solved. It's that my state changed. I could, uh, tools, I could make different decisions. Then it was like, okay, I can handle this now. I can handle this now. As opposed to this, again, fixing or toxic positivity that is just like, oh, like, but the sky is blue and this is perfect. And I'm like, no, like, no, that's not a solution. That is not a solution. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of the, well, we're not speaking about it, but we did before speaking of the, you're not for everybody. And Tony Robbins may not be for everybody. Like my mom cannot like, cannot absorb his stuff because she can't get past like, like listening to him or his voice or whatever. Right. But maybe you'll hear the same thing when Oprah says it and boom, it sinks in. There are people that will not vibe with this episode and that's totally fine, but there are going to be people who are like, oh my gosh. Right. And that's another thing for like, if you're raising your rates or whatever it may be, you could be saying the same thing as somebody else in a quote unquote saturated industry, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that person wants to work with you. They might work with somebody else. But then if you say it, even though they heard it before, oh, suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've never thought of that before. It's just because it sinks in differently or they have a different perspective that matches with yours. Mm-hmm. So. That's so good. Such a great point to mention, honestly. Um, yeah. I saw, Did were you a Ninja Warrior candidate? Were you? Yeah. No, tell me. I, I went on the show. <laughs> I, yeah, I competed this year on it. Um, I, they didn't air my run on TV, but I got a couple of pictures out of it and it was, it was cool. I mean, it was intimidating. And weirdly enough, I feel like I should have done this when I was competing in pole, when I had a lot more upper body strength, especially coming off of a pandemic. Like it was a little struggly and it's very different than gymnast strength. Like it's, very fingertip strength. It's more rock climber strength than gymnast strength. Um, so it was a very different type of training. I might do it again. I don't know. I got the experience. It was cool. It was fun. I love the people. Uh, we went up to Washington and did it. I didn't make it very far. Um, but it was still, it was still cool. Yeah. If you want to try it, I would recommend trying it. So yeah, I actually do. I do enjoy watching it because I'm just like, mm-hmm. they just blow me away. They absolutely. And you're right. I see so much like, yes, they're strong, but yeah. that pinch grip and the, yeah. like, that rock climber hold as you're talking mm-hmm. about, I can see that like, it blows my mind what they do. Yeah. Cause you're a lot of times you're grabbing little lips. You're not grabbing no. a bar. Um, and the things move and they shift or they're wet from somebody splashing in the water before you. It's, it's very, very different strength, but you can still train like a gymnast and get strong to do it. There you go. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, yeah. there's so many things. Um, I want to ask you, and I'll make sure everything is in the show notes, but the best place to connect with you is where? Yeah. So I basically live on Instagram at Danielle Gray Fit, and you can find Training Like a Gymnast in my bio and through the link in my bio there. If you want to join the app, it's trainlikeagymnast.com or trainlikeagymnastapp.com. And that's how you can get started. Literally $1. Just try it out. $1. See if you like it. And you're like, hmm, uh-oh, I do like it. So I'm going to stay with it. And you'll get access to all the other trainers too. Don't forget about that. Uh, so yeah, Instagram is my main place. But I'm trying to get more into YouTube as well. I know I need to be on YouTube. Like we were talking, like that's where the engaged people are. Because it's almost like watching a show. 
you get invested in a storyline. So I'm trying to vlog a little bit more. I've vlogged the tattoo experience. Ooh. I actually got under eye filler recently, which was kind of scary, but I vlogged that too, in case people are interested in that process. I want to educate and help people make decisions for their own lives versus telling them like, this is how you should do it. I'm just like documenting what I'm doing myself. Um, Danielle Gray fit on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'll I'm make good. sure it's all there, but yes, YouTube is on my list for coming yeah. next year, especially as this podcast has grown so much that it's mm-hmm. like, I've had a few people say, why are you not on YouTube? And I'm like, cause I'm just doing the best I can. <laughs> yeah. I'm exactly. doing my best. I'm doing my best. One thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? The lesson in life that I am most grateful for is mm-hmm. I don't know where I heard it, but this is also what pulled me out of the, of the depression too, is nothing changes if nothing changes. And that can go for anything you're unhappy with something if you want to make a change like it's not going to change unless you make a change it's such a great one honestly it's so simple but I've actually like I've anchored on that one many times in my life many times I'm like okay no wait am I doing the exact same pattern that way I am so nothing's going to change like I can't expect a different result and do the exact same thing every day Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah that's awesome I love that Um, the last question I have is on the show, we talk a lot about, obviously we just did, we talk a lot about the difference between like standing in your story and in your stories, when we're feeding shame, when we don't talk about it, when we keep it hidden, when we do all the things Mm -hmm. and standing on your story is when you are in a space of sharing it as openly as you do now, how different would your life be if you could not speak the way that you just did? How different would your life be if you couldn't be in this space of sharing your story the way that you do now? There would be so much more imposter syndrome feelings. It would be, it would be like, um, like the no hate campaign where they have the the hand over the mouth type of thing, yeah. like just being silenced. Um, and there are certain things that I, I, I'm pretty a pretty open book, but there are certain things that I need to talk with certain people about before I share those stories you know, yeah. for their privacy and, you know, acceptance of it. Um, but I think, yeah, there would be a lot more, there'd be a lot more shame and how you kind of say in versus on, it's almost like having an open wound versus a scar. Exactly. So every time you're talking about it, if it's still open wound, you just keep cutting it and you keep bleeding versus letting it heal and become a scar. Then you're like, look, this scar, this is where, you know, what happened. You tell a story about that. So make sure when you're talking about your stuff, it is, it is a scar, not like a scab that you keep picking off. Um, but your story is your superpower, right? That's, I had to go through the shit to be able to share this story. Right. And I had a different story earlier this year because I hadn't, I hadn't been on suicide watch until September 1st. Right. There, there are so many different things. And yes, I'm getting help now. I'm on medication. I'm in therapy. I'm doing the work to, to get more tools to be able to handle that if that ever happens again. Cause obviously I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. Um, but there, there is a complete difference when you go through experiences, um, that you can recover from and then talk about versus not having experienced it or feeling like you can't talk about it for sure. 
Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, so, so powerful what you just said. And if I couldn't love you enough, I learn more <laughs> like your story is your superpower. That is literally the whole basis of what we talk about here. It is a hundred percent. And I guarantee you that this episode will land with somebody who is going to mm-hmm. be inspired and you're right. It doesn't have to be for everybody, but boy, when it's for the right person, you've just given yeah. hope to somebody who didn't have any. So I thank you yeah. so much for sharing so openly and vulnerably and with us right now. I really, really do. And I cannot wait to continue to watch your vision come even bigger and grow and all the things. So I thank, thank you. you so much for being here today. Yes. Thank you for having me. I love talking about this stuff. And as you could tell, I could talk for hours about it. <laughs> so. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.